Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt McAleer, your host. We're here on Speed Mentorship. We want to help you be a leader that others want to follow. We're going to do that by interviewing top performers who are absolutely world-class at what they do. And we want to make sure that it doesn't stop there. I want to challenge each one of you after you watch this video to have one or two application takeaways and things that you can do to apply to your life and to your leadership to improve and get a little bit better. I'd also challenge you to take that to your teams and have those same conversations with your teams and learn and, and grow together. I think it's really powerful when you can go on that journey together with your team. Today's guest is uh, Jeff Meredith. He is a CEO at uh, LiftMaster, which is a, a, a absolutely brilliant and innovative company within our same industry, within the garage door industry. So I think you guys are gonna have a lot of really great takeaways today. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hey, Jeff, thanks for joining us on uh, today's podcast episode. We're going to kick it off today with just the first question is just to give us a little bit of uh, your background. Sounds good. First off, Matt, thanks for uh, thanks for having me today. Just a little bit about me. I took over uh, the CEO role here at Chamberlain Group at the beginning of the year. It followed an acquisition of our company by Blackstone. Uh, which happened back in November. Been in the role uh, since January, but been in the company uh, for about four years. I joined as uh, president and COO back in 2018, mid-2018. I've had a career in, in technology-oriented uh, companies, worked for Lenovo most, most recently and ran the consumer business globally for Lenovo PC company, worked in the printer industry and the storage industry as well. So uh, quite a bit of background in technology, but made a transition to to Chamberlain, largely focused on removing our company from an outstanding manufacturer of more mechanical hardware to a company that was making focused on making great mechanical hardware, but also complementing it with software and services. Great. In your role as you know the CEO, what is what does a typical day look like for you? What are some of the things that you're personally doing on a daily basis? What are the things that you're that you're passionate about? Yeah, one of the reasons that I progressed in my career into more general management roles is because I, I really like variety. I get bored quite uh, quickly doing the same thing repeatedly. So I hear you. Uh, yeah, a day for me brings discussions on supply chain challenges on component parts, uh, meetings with branding teams on where we're going with MyQ, business reviews to discuss daily, weekly, monthly results. So I really like the variety of the role and, and it suits me. I have equal parts left and right brain. And so I like to challenge both aspects of, of that during the day, but I'll give like stuff that I personally do. I, I've tried to focus hard on that and I've set an agenda and, and communicated it to the team to help them understand because I think a lot of times people are like well, what the hell does the CEO actually like do for me I wanted to like publish that so people knew as much what I was going to do versus what I was not going to do so there's kind of four areas that I focus on strategy and execution clearly is is part of it but it's not the whole of it focusing on org organizational alignment has been a major thrust in also leading my own team. I have a team of leaders that I need to make sure that I'm coaching and guiding them. And then the last thing 
that is a major point of emphasis is just interaction with Blackstone and our board and keeping them engaged in our business and, and making sure that I'm tapping into the expertise. I've narrowed my focus this year on strategy and execution to about six things that I'm focused on. We pushed or we moved to OKRs this year. So two objectives that have three key results each. Then I have three people initiatives that flow into an overall kind of engagement objective. And that's really driven around organizational alignment. And then we maintain quarterly board meetings and monthly business updates at a, at a board or Blackstone level. So those are the key things that I'm focused on. What about, you mentioned some of the things that you're not focused on. What are some of the things that you aren't involved with or you don't think is maybe worth your time doing or, or things like that? Yeah, one of the things that I did when I, and it's been an interesting learning for me because I came out of a COO role and, and I was, really um, knee deep in the execution and daily operations of the business. And tr truthfully, I love that. I love the interaction with the teams every day, but I realized I was not allowing people to grow and take on the levels of responsibility that they were entitled to take. And okay. so I, I think it was 65 meetings. I cut off, I stopped doing a lot of the execution meetings so the whole whole rest of the year, I just eliminated a lot of okay. um, those kind of execution meetings. So I'm trying to back out of that and and really focus on just a few initiatives that I think are that need maybe more push to get yeah. accomplished this year, but also allow leaders to and not step on top of them by by coming in behind. Out of curiosity, how many meetings a week do you typically have on average? I've narrowed it a lot because I need thinking time, and maybe that sounds silly to some people. For me, um, really thinking through what, what we're accomplishing and what we're not and why, and then what yeah. we need to accomplish from a go forward setting. And uh, I think oftentimes if you spend some time out thinking your competition, you don't have to outwork them as much because mm -hmm. you, you've got a better, a better game plan. Totally. So I'm probably doing five meetings a day. Yeah. It's probably about my average right now. So four or five meetings. Uh, some day. days it's jam-packed and it's nine or 10 meetings, but I'm yeah. trying to keep uh, some space in there just to be able to just engage with people more too. One of the things that I'm trying to do is, is just talk to the people in my organization with more frequency and, and make a conscious effort to, to reach out to folks. That's solid. Very cool. And then what would you say are some of your top most successful habits? Some of the things that you do on a routine basis, maybe it has to do with work, maybe it doesn't, but what are some of those top most uh, successful habits you, you do um, routinely? So there's a few things that, that I do that have become just traits over time. That, and I think as you, as you grow and mature as a leader, you build, you build traits. And honestly, I've, I've built new traits coming into the CEO role. One of the things that's tried and true for me in terms of just leadership, I've written down the things that I want to be as a leader. So traits that I want to have, and there's, I think there's 16 now, they, the list moves in and out over time, but I probably maintained it for 20 years. Once a month, I got checked myself against that. And I, that, so that's something hmm. that I do just how, how am I personally doing? Sometimes it's actually quite painful to do because I may have really screwed up sure. uh, against yeah. one of those things. One of the things that's inspire more than instruct. Mm. And sometimes I catch myself instructing way more than I'm inspiring. And then when I go back and look at that, I, I realize I've missed a mark relative to what I aspired to be as a leader. 
So I do that. I also check against our objectives, like legitimately push data against the objectives quite frequently to see how we're doing. So those are some of the things hmm. just to, sort of to maintain focus, to keep the team aligned. What about sleeping or exercise routines? Are you, is there a certain kind of threshold of sleep that you try and get to or a certain exercise routine or schedule that you try and maintain? Yeah, I've been doing a, I'm coming up on a one year anniversary with a personal trainer. I go two, three nights a week, or sometimes I'll, if I miss a, miss a day during the week, I'll go on Saturdays. So I'm doing that. It's, he's a former football coach and works me like a member of the team, which as a 53 year old guy, it's a little bit challenging for me to do an 18 year old routine, but he's a good dude and he, he, he works me hard. And so I, I do that. I wish I could tell you that I had really good sleep patterns, but I, I don't. Sometimes my mind uh, goes, goes pretty hard at night and I'll get up and do work or go watch, you know, the winning time, the new Lakers thing on HBO is my, is the show that I've been watching or just zone out watching uh, Netflix or something like that. But totally. I need to do a better job of sleeping. I sleep in spurts. So I might hit two or three nights in a row and then a, a good sleep. And then I'll come back and have two or three that aren't so Got good. it. You got an active mind. I hear you. Okay. So moving to the next one, what are some of your, what would you say are some of your biggest weaknesses? And more importantly to the question, how do you, manage and cope and handle some of those weaknesses? This is a good topic because I've recently, I'm doing some CEO coaching and, and also have uh, worked with a company recently that the Blackstone put me in touch with and helped me to reevaluate strengths and weaknesses. And one of the things that, that I struggle with and it starts with a positive and that's i'm really passionate and and intense like when i'm in i'm all in but that can actually when things go south or don't go as i envision they should it can turn into frustration and then even though the frustration is is oftentimes inward it is expressed with outwardness and and brings anxiety to the team because they see me in this sort of high stress, high strong state. And it really stems around wanting us to win. It's not of ill intent, sure. but the the passion can manifest itself into some, just some anxiety and tension amongst the team, which that's something that I'm, I'm really trying to, to focus on. The other thing that, that sometimes I, I don't do well with criticism and I've it's it's an interesting thing because I've spent much of my career in transformative roles and whenever you do a transformative role you get criticized you're changing stuff right yeah so if you change stuff and there's a quote from Jeff Bezos that says if if you don't want any criticism then by all means don't do anything new or different Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I bring myself back to that. I'm not always great at it. And this is one of the things when I go back and gut check myself on my leadership traits that yeah. I don't always do, do as well as I wish, but you know, that the idea of you're, you're pushing change and you're driving change, it's going to, criticism is going to come and it's inevitable. That's good. Obviously in leadership in general, you're going to encounter stresses, especially when you're running an organization and a business, the size that, that you're running, you know, what, as you're encountering stress, 
And whether it's, maybe it's on the personal side, but maybe it's on the business side, how do you manage that appropriately? Do you have certain techniques or certain things that you do to try and cope with that stress in a beneficial way? Yeah. So back to the you know trainer and where I work out like a maniac, actually, when I'm really stressed, he always is like, you had a really bad day, didn't you? I was like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I, I'm the same that, way, that so day. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm taking anger out of the huge ball I'm throwing against the wall or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, for me, just getting away from it. I have three great kids, and when I just get two, and they're, they're all in college or grad school now, but just spending time with them or calling them and, or calling my parents and walking the dogs, you know, that kind of stuff, just getting my mind off of it and saying, look, this isn't. Uh, you're making a big deal out. and it might be a big deal I'm just my mind churns just constantly churns and if I can get it churning on something else for a little okay. bit it, it breaks down the stress for me okay that's that's fair and another big aspect in in leadership and in business and really just in life in general is from an ego perspective we all have ego some of us have a bigger ego, some of us have less of an ego but I've noticed it can be an asset and it can be a liability depending on how it's depending on how it's used. How do you keep your ego in check? How do you manage your ego and make sure it doesn't become this huge inflated? Because obviously you're, you're very successful. You've been successful in your career, have done all these different things. How do you keep it in check and how do you stay grounded? I like to make fun of myself publicly. <laughs> it helps me honestly uh, to just keep my ego in check and, and I think it keeps me grounded. I also just remember where I came from. Like, yeah. Oh, None of my grandparents went to college. They insisted that their their kids went to college. I grew up in Kentucky and and so I legitimately humble beginnings. It's not like I was we were dirt poor or anything like that growing up, but I I think just thinking about the way that I was raised and it sounds silly or trite maybe to say that, but I think sometimes you can get lost in stuff that's going on today and forget how you were raised and the guidance you got growing up and the humbleness that, you know, that I was taught. Yeah. So yeah, I try, I try to harken back to that and, and just honestly, just be like real uh, all the time. And sometimes yeah. that kind of gets me in trouble a little bit, but yeah, but, but I'd rather go there than come across pompous or. Yeah. Like you're above reproach or above yeah, like think. that make fun of yourself publicly <laughs> that's good <laughs> oh that will keep you humble that's for sure okay so work-life balance it's this little buzzword i've heard all kinds of different perspectives on work-life balance and it's always this is what i think one of the most interesting ones because everybody has such a different take on work-life balance but do you have work-life balance? And if you do, how do you manage that? How do you maintain that? And how do you try and keep it in the healthiest position possible? I've had, there's a lot of talk now of more, not even balance, but like integration and work is life and life is work because people have, have worked at home for so long that they may take their kid to the doctor and tryouts for t-ball in the middle of the day and then work later on for me there there was just the balance for me has always been about one thing and that's just to be present in the moment that you're in mm. and if you're unable to delineate the work or the life in such a way where you're not present 
in either part of it, it that's where I think it breaks down. And I've gone back and I've talked to my kids about this because I traveled to China 15, 17 times for a few years and I missed a lot of time. And I, I felt I asked them if they felt like I shorted them. And they they don't they're past the point of like appeasing me with their comments. They just keep it real. Yeah. And they're they're like, no dad, you were always like when you were there, you're like totally there. Mm. And even if you just got off a plane from China and you went straight to like my gymnastics event, you were like present and you were there. And so I think to me, that's mm. the thing that, that matters the most. Boy. So I think spending the time being there, having conversations, making time, you know, I did daddy daughter dates for years with my two daughters and that's my cute. son and I've been to you know, tons of sports games. That's where he, that's where I taught him lessons. A guy should teach his son to sit in court side or whatever. And that's cool. Yeah. So I think just being, being present is the thing. Everybody has their own take on this, but that's how I managed it. I love it. The next question. This is, this is more about leadership challenges in, in younger leaders right now. What are, what are some of the most common leadership issues you're seeing with young leaders today? And what kind of advice do you have for them? How are you continuing to coach them or, or help them through some of these challenges? Yeah, I, I think this is, this is an interesting topic because young leaders want to quickly, not quickly, but a beachhead moment is when I start to manage a team, right? And I've seen this more often than not, people change who they are when they start to manage a team because they feel like they've got, they've taken on this new responsibility and they've got to prove that they, you know, can actually do it. And what got them to the point of leading a team and being given the responsibility is somewhat discarded and move and, and you move into almost, I don't want to say dictatorial, but it's not you don't rely on the team as much as you try to prove out that you're more than capable of taking the role. And I think young leaders fall into this trap a lot. And, and I probably did too, honestly, if I reflect back, because you want to prove everybody that to everybody on the team that you're worthy of the role, right? But you end up pissing everybody on the team off. <laughs> yeah, um, <exactly. laughs> and, then, and then they're like, that I don't want to work for this fool. And and so the thing that I, I try to quote is like, you, you still got to be yourself and you still got to tap into the strengths of everybody. And the expectation isn't that you do it all or dictate everything. It's leading. It, it's not, you know, dictating. And and I think this transition for young leaders is is a tough one. And I think we have to, when we put people in these roles, we have to make sure that we give proper expectations and proper training and set them up for success. This is an area that if left untended can really go the wrong direction because you can take really talented people, put them in these people leadership roles, and then all of a sudden they feel like they're failing. And it's really that they weren't prepared to you know, take on this next challenge. And it's not more of the same. It's a really, it's a big shift in terms of you're, you're not the doer as much anymore as the guider, the inspire, the strategy setter, the clarifier, the aligner, all, all those kind of things. 
And yeah. so that's, for me, that's probably one of the areas that I've tried to coach more of young leaders. That's so solid. So good. And I can, yeah, I can say I've seen that multiple times and uh, I think I've fallen into that myself as well. The final question to close out, uh, as you think of your kids or uh, maybe a younger you and just the next generation in, in general, what kind of advice do you have for them to be successful you know, in life? I think the thing that I would say to young people is that the time is really right to seek out opportunities, as many opportunities as you think might be appealing to you. Pursue them aggressively and don't sit back and wait for them to you know, come to you, but pursue them aggressively to figure out where, where your interest really lies and, and what you want to, and the idea of pursuing opportunities at a, it's much less daunting at a early age than it is as you get older and you've got yeah. you know, heightened responsibility and so forth. But that's the one thing. The other thing that I would say is that, and I, I sense a change in this and, and maybe this is old school, me, you know, channeling my granddad or whatever talking, but I think this idea of like earn it every day is an important you know, concept of don't, don't assume entitlement, Yeah, earn it, earn it every day. We had a cool thing at IDA this year where we, Jerry Rice came and, and spent time in the booth and I got a chance to talk to him for like 30 minutes before um, he went out there and he's the nicest guy. And it was, a, it was a cool opportunity just to be able to chat with him. But I, I'd always admired him as much for what he did off the football field as on because his workout patterns were legendary. And he would, he'd win the Super Bowl and be working out the next morning. And I'm like, Jerry, why did you work out so hard when you're like at the pinnacle, even in the off season? And he's like, I said, you were undoubtedly the greatest receiver of all time, like undoubtedly. And he's, he's like, Jeff, I never thought I was the best. He's like, I, I felt like every year when I came into training camp, I didn't have a spot on the team. Mm-hmm. And I had to earn that spot on the team. Yeah. And I was like, dude, if a guy like this can have this earn it every day mentality, then surely oh. I can have the earn it every day mentality. Very cool. Jeff, I, I appreciate your time, your wisdom, your insight, and your leadership. So it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to be here with you, Matt. Take care, buddy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Speed Mentorship. Hopefully you guys found some value in today's episode. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway was if you don't want any criticism, then by all means, don't do anything new or different and you'll never receive criticism. I thought that was really good and really resonated with me. And uh, make sure this doesn't stop here. Like I said, pick one or two application items to look at yourself internally with to see what you could do to improve and get better. If uh, you guys have other questions or ideas, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to email me or or message on any of the comments and I'd love to engage with you guys and, and see what other kind of questions or ideas we can ask future interviewees. With that, appreciate your support and looking forward to see you on the next one.